Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Hi, welcome to the Chronic Podcast Week One Edition. Uh, we are joined by everyone: Andrew, Dave, Kevin. Um, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Why does Sean Payton hate kickers? Probably because he feels like he's been burned before, so many goddamn times on it that uh, he just said, screw it. No kickers. Yeah, fuck it. Go for two. Go for it on fourth down. How many? There's what? enough numbers, guys. <laughs> there. Seriously, there's enough numbers, guys, that would tell you going for the two-point conversion, your success rate is enough to justify going for it all the time. It's not classy, though, Kevin. It's not classy. Well, when has Sean Payton been classy? <laughs> My kids are asleep, for the record. <laughs> so mine's going to bed. And Andrew, you're you're our film roster expert. Um, Apparently. I'm going to lay out a scenario that we talked about before the podcast started. Okay, so the Saints cut both the kickers, but did they cut both the kickers because a Sean Payton was like both of these kickers just. They suck, and I want somebody else. <laughs> or did he cut both of them because another guy that he didn't think would be available, like Connor Barth, became available, and he was like, oh, I can get Connor Barth or that or another guy? Oh, they're way better than what I got. We're cutting both of these chumps. Like, what, what scenario do you think it is more likely happened? Um, no, I, I definitely think it's um, the latter. I think – they didn't realize, and it's not just one guy. I think there's four or five guys that are available right now. Uh, I, I include Suckup, who looks like he just got picked oh, up. I don't so, that guy. Yeah, but I, I think he, he just looked at what was available and said, wow, I did not expect for four or five guys that are better than what we currently have to become available. And so based on that, I think there was confidence that he could pick up one of them. Um, and, uh, you know, worst case scenario, they can always go back to Dimke. He's available and no one picked him up. So um, he, you know, but I think right now they want to explore at least some of these other guys that have had a better history of kicking in the NFL. Dave, you also are do roster predictions and, and break it down. What mm. on the final roster besides the, the whole kicker kick cutting both of them situation, but was there, was there anything else that really you were like, wow, I, that surprised me besides champ Bailey, I guess. 
Well, no, that, that you can you can include that. I mean, there's a little bit of a surprise. I mean, if only just because I, I would have thought that Bailey provided at least depth at cornerback. I mean, I think cornerback is probably the weakest uh, position on defense. And um, so I, I feel like they can get all the help and all the depth that they can get at the position. And so I guess it's just surprising because obviously they didn't feel like a champ could help them even in that respect. Um, you know, he, he, the whole injury thing, I, I think none of us should really be surprised. It, it was questionable. You know, he, he was a late uh, free agency signing. It sounded like people were running to grab Champ at the hmm. at the ringing of the first bell. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that's surprising. But, I mean, other than that, you know, I was reading something, I think, Monday morning quarterback by Peter King, he was basically like saying that there were really no surprises across the league. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, obviously the Saints, the coaching staff feels that they've put together the best uh, squad that they could. Andrew, how much did not playing, not being able to play special teams doom Champ Bailey? Well, if you listen to all the legits, um, they basically say the roster spot boiled down to Patrick Robinson and Champ Bailey. So I think it hurt him significantly. I mean, I think you look at Stanley Jean-Baptiste, Brian Dixon, um, even Corey White, I think guys, I mean, I guess you could argue with Corey White, but the other two certainly, I don't think you can make a statement that they are worse cover guys um, or better cover guys, sorry, than Champ. So um, it absolutely played down, played out the special teams. Um, my main issue with it is we've watched Patrick Robinson play like garbage for the better part of four years. Duty. And, and on top of that, he's coming back from an ACL injury. Um, and we, we saw the most recent display in the Ravens game. So um, I think when you add all that stuff together, for me, um, it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah we mean. I, I just don't see how, even though you didn't really get to see much from um, – champ you know in the preseason due to injuries i just don't see any scenario under which he would produce less than Patrick robinson yeah me and me and andrew we we got a little argument with friendly argument with the guy from the the new guy from the advocate nick who was like we got to break down the film we got to see it it's not all patrick robinson and we were like dude we've been watching him for four years new guy who underhill who's that nick Underhill? yeah nick under we were me and andrew were like listen new guy We've been watching Patrick Robinson for four years. He's terrible. <laughs> don't we don't need the details of it. So Why don't you tell me how good Jason David was too. Yeah. Well, this is my next question, Kevin. The Saints, well, whoever it is, the the third the, the the third corner for the Saints or the second corner for the Saints, whether it's it's probably Patrick Robinson, let's say, is he going to be able to play at a 2006 Fred Thomas level? Is he going to be better or worse than that? <laughs> God, the last uh, – uh, It scares me that you're, you're really thinking hard about this. That scares me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> there you go. I took all that time to say I don't know. Um. He's gonna be. I mean, he's gonna be the whole. He's gonna be the uh, the gaping the the gaping wound on the on the in the secondary. So, 
he's going to be, yeah, he's going to be the target. So shit, we'll find out in inside of three or four weeks. And if in, you know, maybe three, four weeks time, he's getting obliterated. Hopefully Sean Payton's like, fuck it, put the rookie in. Andrew. Um, yes. How much scheme can Rob Ryan do to cover that up? The number two corner? Yeah. Uh, I think a decent amount. I think what you really need is one guy that can basically be left on an island, and, and that guy is Keenan Lewis, You know, I, and we know he can do that. If you can leave him on an island, you can shift coverage, you can shade guys over, and, and when you have Jairus Bird on top of that who's playing uh, up top, I think that makes it even easier to do. So um, I, believe it or not, I'm actually not too concerned about that. Uh, with the asterisks of as long as Keenan Lewis stays healthy, uh, the Saints simply cannot afford an injury to that player. And we saw what, what him missing a short amount of time in the Philadelphia Eagles game in the playoffs did, um, and that 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 ring that holds true even more so this year. Is he number two behind Breeze in your opinion, Andrew? Uh, you know, I'd say Teron Armstead is probably number two because um, I think that that kind of goes hand in hand. With Breeze, um, you know, Breeze isn't staying healthy if Teron Armstead isn't staying healthy. Um, but uh, I, I would put Keenan Lewis at, at a solid, strong number three. You know, the guys on Canal Street Chronicles were talking about it. I, I think the Saints should just roll with one cornerback, just Keenan Lewis, and then just throw five safeties out there. <laughs> and they, they, Hans came up with it. He said, we'll call it the penny package. Instead of nickel and dime, it'll be the penny package because we'll just have the one cornerback. Be Rob, it. don't don't put it past Rob. No, Ryan. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be. They had six safeties on the on the field the last Atlanta, the uh, last play of the first Atlanta game last well, year. Absolutely. When it comes to Ron, Rob Ryan, nothing is off the table. Um, they're playing Atlanta this week. Um, yeah, that's a win. <laughs> That's a win. Kevin, I feel like I, I watched Hard Knocks uh, bootleg through YouTube and different sources. I quit paying for HBO after Game of Thrones ends. Um, I feel like this game for Atlanta is a must win. Like they, they, the Saints, if they lose, it'll be disappointing and whatever. But Atlanta, this is a they have got to win this football game Sunday for their season to get off to the right note and to have any chance of success. Is this Sunday, if the Saints go in there and drop kick Atlanta in the nuts and burn the Georgia Dome to the ground and beat them like 35-17 or something, could it be like the death blow to Mike Smith, Matt Ryan, Thomas Dimitrioff? Could it be the death blow to that Falcons uh, regime? I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Like, so, like, like, seriously. Like, look. I hope they get. I hope they get dump trucked. Like, fucking Super Bowl. Oh shit! Now I can't remember the one. The one where the Broncos got annihilated, like fifty-five to ten or something. Um, something Bowl. like that. Like in their own in their own building. I hope they get obliterated in their own building. I hope they come to New Orleans and get smashed. But I hope, meanwhile, I hope, meanwhile, they're okay. I really hope they're okay. I hope they go like nine and seven, eight and eight, miss the playoffs, but they're just like, oh, we're just one or two pieces away. I want them to think that every fucking year from now until uh, until uh, until damnation. I want them to think that. I want them to roll with red face Mike Smith. I want them to roll 
with uh, with the poor man's Gillette uh, cover boy and Mr. I'm going to wear lingerie in my spare time <laughs> as their quarterback. I want them I want them to to continue to employ Dimitrioff, and I want them to still be run by a guy who looks like he runs an offshore casino. Yeah, I, I kind of like that, Kevin. I like the um, the just the the keep Mike Smith in that job for as long as possible theory. Yes, um, it, it's kind of like the Hazlitt era. You know, it's kind of like milking a coach mediocrity for as long as possible. He can't too uh, too good to fire, but not good enough to threaten Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Right. Oh, if, 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 they, if they could have 10 years of, of a Jim Hazlitt experience, that, that, that would be the most beautiful <laughs> and they thing just, I could and ever And you just have to them. throw in like every two or three years, like a 12 and four where they bomb in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, exactly. I, I don't even think I wouldn't even say that. Maybe every four or five. Like, listen, if they have him for 10 years and say three of those years, they go to the playoffs. The Saints don't. OK, I would I would deal with that. I would do it. The other seven years, they're just going to be constantly kicked in the nuts, and I can right. I can accept that. You know, Kev, Kevin said it best. He he, want, he wants Atlanta to feel like they're one or two missing pieces away from from being good. He just doesn't want them to realize that uh, head coach is the missing piece. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, Mike Smith. He's obviously he's won in the playoffs, so he's he's a step above Mora. But that was kind of the issue with for old time Saints fans that listen to this podcast. That was kind of an issue with Mora after 91, 92. It's like the Saints got into this mediocre rut where they were like 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 8 and 8. And it was like, dude, this – and everybody could – a lot of people could see it. You'd be like, oh, the Jim Mora runs over. Like it's over. But th- there was a big chunk of the fan base and probably Tom Benson's like, Jim Mora's the best coach the Saints have ever had. It's not even close. We can't just run him off. And it took like – a three and 13 year to run him off finally, you know? So I think, I think the, the Mike Smith era is, I think it's pretty safe, but, but we have some Twitter questions on that. Um, as we, before we get to predictions on the game and the season, um, is there anything that as the Saints go into this year, and I'll start with you, uh, Dave, is there anything that as you look at this roster, you're like, man, they should have done one more thing. I wish they'd have got just one more position here or done this, that to figure out the depth. Is there one move that you said, ah, I wish they'd have done that? Um, kicker? <laughs> I wish they had gotten and gotten a good kicker. I wish they had drafted Cairo Santos or, or something like that. Um, Your Greenways no, cost me fucking money, Dave. Too. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Didn't have the same ending that LSU game had. Uh, you know, we, we just talked about it earlier. I mean, I think it would have been nice if they had addressed the cornerback position a little bit more in the off season. Um, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and uh, we now know that the addition of Champ Bailey wasn't en- enough. Of a, Champ a, Bailey's a, body was not warm. It was yeah. A- <laughs> Yeah, rigor mortis has already set in. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would say cornerback. Uh, you know, otherwise I would say offensive tackle, like Andrew mentioned uh, earlier, is maybe one of the weaker areas where there's very little depth behind the starters. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's where I – those are the two positions I look at when we talk about uh, 
what they could have addressed a little bit better. I mean, otherwise, I think they, you know, they did pretty well. Obviously, wide receiver, that was a big one. That was, I would say, probably the main position that fans at the beginning of offseason wanted to see them address. And I think they've done a pretty good job of that. Running back, they didn't really need to address. Um, defense was, was pretty good other than cornerback. So I would say cornerback and offensive line, offensive tackle, really, specifically. Andrew, your, any roster moves that you wish they would have made? Uh, you know, honestly, um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think every team will have some deficiency. I mean, that's, that's the reality of the NFL. We, we've already kind of discussed the holes in the roster. Um, honestly, I couldn't be any happier uh, overall with the, the depth and talent on this roster. I mean, I'm just blown away. I, I truly feel like this is the most talented Saints team I've seen top to bottom, um, and I include 2009 in that statement. Uh, I firmly believe that, and, and the quality of the players they have, and you know they come back, they get they get Jonathan Goodwin at the 11th hour, and he has the best training camp of his life, and you know that that solidifies the offensive line that's already kind of trending upwards from late last season. Um, I, I just feel like what more could you ask for? I mean, sure, we'd love a better number two corner, we'd love a backup tackle that could fill in if if doomsday happens, but. Uh, and, you know, obviously if Breeze goes down, it all goes to shit. But I, I just think I look at this roster and I, I just think to myself, wow, th- this has the potential to be something truly special. And that's all you can ask for as a fan. Yeah, the, the my thing is I didn't have a problem with him keeping Shane Graham at kicker because he made the game winner against Philly. And I really think the Saints had the expectation going into training camp of, you know what, Shane Graham, he's going to be he's inside of 45 yards. In practice and in the preseason game, he's going to be really good, and it's going to be okay. And it just hadn't been. And so I didn't really fault him on that. Um, so that I didn't have any real issues with the roster. I mean, they took a flyer on Champ Bailey, and he was room temperature. Um, now, Kevin, I saved this question for you because this is right in your wheelhouse, and this is why we pay you no money to be on this podcast. <laughs> Help me understand – what the fuck is with this Atlanta Falcon toughness crusade? <laughs> well, I don't have HBO either, so because I'm mostly a cheap ass and I just buy <laughs> Game of Thrones DVDs on 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 my own. Uh, so what is the tough? Why don't you they, tell? Me the toughness? They, they 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 went into hard knocks and they're like, we got to be tougher. Kenny Vaccaro got the penalty that open week against the Saints, and it proved we weren't tough enough. So their their whole thing is like they got to be tougher, tougher, tougher. Like, no, it was Kenny Vaccaro had a late hit, and then Matt Ryan bitched about it. I mean, it's not so much about being tough; it's just you know penalties are going to happen in a game, and if anything, it's not that you have to be tougher. You you maybe have to be a little bit mentally more tough, and then just realize, hey, if a guy gets you in a late hit. All right, get up, shove him off, and then drive the ball down the field and fucking score, man. Well, I mean, like, I mean, you... that's 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 all that matters. Let me tell you something. Being being able to being the toughest guy on the damn field at any given moment doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you can. Doesn't matter if you can beat nine guys' asses out on the field. Guess what? They're gonna penalize you. They're gonna throw you out of the game, and that's all she wrote. It doesn't matter. Albert Hainsworth, oh, I can stomp on a dude's head. All right, great job, guy. Now you're suspended several games, and you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Ooh, big, big tough guy you are. Well, here's my question, no, though. Andamakan Sue. 
Stomp the dude in the nuts. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Thanks. Sit We're on the bench and 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 uh and miss some game checks. Well, if Kevin, though, here's my thing though. With and this is this will being tough ain't got shit to do with it. Being smart has everything to do with well, it. Well, here's the thing though. You're I'll bring some wrestling into it, which is is your bag. You know, some wrestlers they can't be the heel. Like they're just they're not equipped to do it. And I feel like Atlanta trying to be tougher and and all this crap. Like the Saints, they are equipped to be the villain and the bad guy and not have any class. They they, they kind of like it. Right. I don't think Atlanta is built to try to be a fake tough guy and all this bullshit. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Look. Look. The Big Show is seven foot four and he weighs like a legitimate four hundred fifty pounds. If he wants to win a wrestling match, he's really going to win a wrestling match. But guess what? He doesn't. He doesn't. That's the name of the fucking game. He's he, he doesn't. So, congratulations, Atlanta Falcons. You are you are uh, post two thousand and six uh, Big Show. You're you're being made a fucking laughing stock of. You're wearing a camo singlet and. To shoot a fucking New Year's Eve promo, we're dressing you in a giant diaper and a uh, and a top hat and a fake cigar. So congrats on that. <laughs> Enjoy that. Oh, I knew there was a reason why I saved that question just for you, Held. Yep. I do have a question for you, Kevin. Uh, you, you obviously, and we can go back to this later if this was on the agenda, but uh, you went on this nobody look at naked pictures of Kate Upton crusade. What? Um, how do you feel about anybody? Don't make pictures of anybody. How do you feel what? about no Matt, Matt Ryan in a bra? I'm sure that he didn't intend for that to go viral. Yeah. Do you, do you think that I should not look at that? Do you think it's wrong for me to look at Matt Ryan in a bra? It already happened. I mean, it, here's 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 the thing about here's the thing about the Matt Ryan uh, uh, underwear picture is that got posted like on the front on the front of things like you couldn't avoid sadly you couldn't avoid seeing that sadly you couldn't i mean i, mean, I would it, have ha- i would have happily gone out of my way to see that i mean look it, it it's like i mean it's like the oscar de la hoya uh fishnet picture and also matt ryan wasn't like i got hacked right and you're like oh man he all his stuff got hacked and i'm looking at that and hey, he, he 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 really didn't want people to see that like he didn't really care that i so that makes you, it a little. You, different. you honestly don't think that he didn't care? Maybe. I mean, he. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty confident Matt Ryan did not want people to see that picture. I would like to know the. I, w- I really would like to know the origins of how the picture got yeah. out, though. Like, like, did he text it to a gal, and she decided to put it out there? <laughs> God, I oh God, if that's true, that 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 makes it even better. Wait, why is Kevin against looking at nude photos of Kate Upton and uh, Jennifer Lawrence? And yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you know. he, he he's going all it's it's unethical. It is kind of unethical. Hey, and I, I, I know. Look, look, look. The biggest asshole on the podcast is 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 the guy that just says, you know, maybe we shouldn't look at nude photos of celebrities that they took in private. Well, that's for sure. Get out of here. We shouldn't look at them. We shouldn't, but we do because we're America. We shouldn't. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, like, uh, I mean, look, I I, I don't know. Like, no, we, sh- I'm, we shouldn't look, hack look, into people's phones and put them on the Internet. But once they're up, we're going to look at them. I shouldn't have mainlined Jack Daniels during the fourth quarter of that LSU game <laughs> Saturday, but I did it. <laughs> that, I, was look, de- that was definitely unethical. 
I mean, you know, this this just it almost seems like you're blaming the victim here, Kevin. I mean, we're not. How, the wait, how am I? Man. How am I blaming? Wait, how am well, I? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm only I only really loosely mean that. I mean, obviously, America is not a victim because we get to see naked pictures of Kate Upton and uh, and Jennifer Lawrence. But but we're not the ones who went and hacked their phone. OK, so if, so if you have a problem with nude photos of celebrities that they didn't mean to get out there, don't don't yell at America for looking at them because they're out there. Yell at the person who hacked into the phone and put the pictures out there. That you have an issue with that. You don't have an issue with America actually looking at them. I mean, no, I – no, no, well, no, I do have both. I do have both. Like, like, the, like the people I'm that – you shouldn't have you, – you... Go ahead, Held. No, I'm just saying like you know, the people that hack the phones ought to be thrown under the jail and, and the people that are going and looking at them and like – Did we lose Held? We lost uh, – I'm still here. Am I the Lone Ranger? You are. We lost Held. <laughs> Held, are you there? I'm here. Dave's here. Dave's Held dropped out. What happened? Hey, hey, Tony Gonzalez is still available in my fantasy football draft. Should I take him? No. Um, no. <laughs> I have a uh, categorical imperative. Um, no Falcons players. Oh, they dropped y'all. Dropped me. We did drop you. We did drop you. Continue, held. Continue. No, I was just saying. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say the the cheesy. Oh, imagine if that was your mom or your sister. Because no, you, you you don't need you don't need some ridiculous uh, analogy. It's just you know if somebody if somebody takes a picture and intends it for just their significant other or whatever, then that's it. I mean, I don't understand in 2014 why people don't fucking understand. You take nude pictures on your cell phone. If you have it connected to your cloud. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a risk. That's yeah, it's a it. Risk. It's it. You, yeah. and, and, and I guess people just – they and, and if you think you deleted it, you didn't. I just right. – I, I don't understand why people don't fuck. I understand like a 14-year-old boy or a girl doesn't understand that. But a fucking adult celebrity, I just I don't fucking understand it. Here, I, I'll tell you what, I'll 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 pivot this out so that way we can get out of the topic. Um, <laughs> but but you know how everybody gets all bent out of shape about how oh my god the people running for president somebody running for president has done drugs or whatever. Geez, just wait like n- never heard right, of it. Right, right, right. So in another twenty five thirty years, we're gonna have a big fucking scandal. Oh, it's sooner than that, Kevin. It's sooner than that. It's it's. It's 2014 in 2020 in 2024 you'll have you know I'll be 48 let's say so that would be a presidential election so you're going to have people that age that are going to do that have that did dumb shit in like their 20s and maybe mid 20s that it's going to be out there and they're gonna have to deal with it. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. Gonna be, he's running for president, but he got he got shit faced and fucked in a jacuzzi. We have video. Right. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. But right. Um, so right. So 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 that's coming. So that's, just just that that is coming, folks. All right. Um, before we get to your questions and then season predictions, uh, we had the inaugural fantasy football auction draft for the chronic podcast league. Ooh, it was auction. 
It was auction. So who overpaid for Breeze? I overpaid for Breeze, baby. I ran three scenarios. I paid $57 or 28% of my salary cap for Drew Breeze. And Kevin, explain to the people what happened to me. It's just like real life. It is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Ralph poor with money? Go figure. Yeah. Um, Like, Ralph... <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, somebody – look, somebody brought up Drew Brees like really early in the draft. I did. And I I decided from – I decided before the thing even started I was not getting involved in any in any drafting with Drew Brees. I just wasn't because that's one of those cases where you think with your your heart, not with your head. And sure enough, Ralph, uh, Ralph proved the point going 57 bucks for it. <laughs> and then, then a little bit later, yeah. like as, as guys are coming off the board – he decides, oh, Ben Tate. That was a bad move. The running. Oh, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to start off with the bad one, the the worst one. Ben Tate, <laughs> running back out of Cleveland. He ends up getting Ben Tate as his number one running back. Number two running back, but oh, I'm sorry, his number two running back. I, I'm just looking at the order that they were listed in for twenty six dollars. <laughs> that was a bad. That was twenty six bucks. Bad. Then, then he gets his first running back is Doug Martin. I like Doug Martin a lot, for the record. Doug Martin's fine. He spent $39 on Doug Martin. Then, as his flex player, he gets Reggie Bush. Again, we all, you know, I like Reggie Bush too. He spends $23 on Reggie Bush. So, four players, let's see, he spends 62 Plus 57, that's 119, plus 26. He spent $145. Out of an available how many? Out of available 200. Okay. And he still had... 12 spots. And he still had 12 spots to fill out. And you forgot I spent $27 on Antonio Brown. As his number one wideout. As my number one receiver. I mean, yeah. this, I mean, look, this guy, I mean, he should have been putting like, like Ralph, you are seriously padding the resume to be considered general manager of Oakland. I am. I am. I am. <laughs> or the Redskins. I spent irresponsibly. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a how to seminar on how not to run an auction draft, but I wanted Drew Brees, but people don't give a shit about is our- that. Is that a uh, Dave's son going nuts in the background or your cat again? No, that's, that's my, my wife. son. I can't oh, okay. believe you can hear that. Oh. You might, I was saying it might be my wife is watching the Desperate Housewives. Per- perfect segue, uh, Ralph, for you to uh, mention that they should donate for Crystal Clear Audio. They should donate. We had. How, how else are we going to hear Dave's kids scream? How else are we going to have Dave's kids or me and Kevin argue about uh, uh, celebrity selfies naked and our fantasy draft that only me and Kevin find entertaining? But it was, it was, it was, it was, Kevin, you have to admit, like, for like a tour de force of like horrible auction drafts, like, it was, it was pretty special. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so you, who look, else is in this draft? Who I mean, by the going? end of it, you had everybody, everybody was busting on you by the end of it. The thing was, you, Kevin, you forgot to mention the best part. Everybody was done. And I made the final seven selections of the draft. With one dollar. All for a dollar. All for a dollar. And here's, here's the kicker. I After the draft is done. Dollar. An hour after the draft is done, he ended up dropping one of the fucking players he picked. Yeah, because I won Alfred Blue. It was, <laughs> it was a tour. It was, it was a, it was a special, special. Moment. Wait, is Alfred so Blue gonna? Is Alfred Blue gonna see any touches this year? Yeah, 
He's the backup running back for the Texans. When when Arian Foster pulls a hammy, he'll play. He's really the number two. I think he. I think him and the other guy are like split carries in the preseason. Oh wow. Okay. Good I mean, it's him. a it's a it's a flyer, and I rather have him than uh, whoever I picked. I forgot. Speaking of Alfred Blue, that LSU game was insane. That, yeah, we need to, we need to talk. We need to have our our ninety seconds of college football. I gambled on Tulane. That's a personal failing of mine. <laughs> But, Dave, they were up 21-7, to looked fantastic, were going in for the closing touchdown to make it 28-7, to fumbled it away, then lost in double overtime. They had a freshman quarterback throw three touchdowns. They had a running back run for 220 yards, and they lost. Yeah, I know. What I the fuck? Disappointing. You know, I mean, like you mentioned, we the one thing we can hang our hat on is uh... – is Tanner Lee looked real good as a freshman cornerback, and obviously Sherman Beatty looked ridiculous as a freshman running back. So, you know, in two years, we'll have a really good team. Um, but uh, it's, it was disappointing. They really couldn't close out that game. It was Dave, how to... did you juggle? Uh, I meant to ask you about this. How did you yeah, juggle I went, the, I went to the, the preseason? And... Yeah, I went to the Saints game, and I was following the Tulane game on Twitter, and then I left the Saints game with like four minutes left in the game. And got home pretty quickly, and I was able to watch like pretty much almost all of the fourth quarter of the Tulane game. Oh, uh, so you so got I, I there just in time. On. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew I knew what For was heartbreak. going on the whole game, and uh, you know, it's frustrating. They definitely miss Cairo Santos because had they had yeah. Santos, he would have made that field goal. And they needed probably... better. They needed better better play calling down at the goal line there. Yeah. But they're they're gonna be. I think no. Gonna all be. Tulane needed was for a field goal kicker to make a twenty yard field goal. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, that, I mean, that, and, and that's he, all he they. You, he wasn't you, even you, close. You, you can blame coaching. You can blame some guy dropping a pass. You can blame how yeah, they played in overtime. So. But the bottom line is their kicker yeah. makes a twenty yard field goal on the last play of the game and they win. Well, no, it wasn't the last play. I mean, it was still like a minute. It was like left. a minute left. Yeah. But um, Andrew, the LSU game, that was crazy pants and. I'd be hard-pressed to remember a game where a team that I was rooting for was getting their ass kicked in such a manner and came back to win. Like, I was sitting on my sofa my, in my recliner getting pretty blitzed, and it was 24-7, to 7, and I was like, this is going to be an awful second half to watch. This, this is done. Yep. And it just— Yeah, I mean, we're both LSU fans. I have trouble— um in my lifetime of watching them recall a better comeback. I mean, it was incredible. And uh, I think the reason why things felt so bleak was you just didn't really see how this offense down 24 seven, even if the defense defense played perfect the rest of the game with no mistakes, you just didn't see how the offense could put 10 points on the board. Thank with, thank um, you, Wisconsin, for not giving the ball to your running back that had 200 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah, Thanks well, that, a that, lot. Was, that was nice. The coach that after was... the game, they asked him, he's like, why did you stop giving the ball to the running back who's awesome and is a Heisman candidate? And the coach, I swear to God, said, I don't know. <laughs> if I was a Wisconsin fan, I would just, I would just shoot myself. Like that I, guy, <laughs> that guy is owed a lifetime of beers in Baton Rouge at I the mean, Pelican House. Gee, I mean, Jesus. But um, it was it was magical. They're young. They're going to be all over the place. I just didn't expect them to be all over the place in in one game. So um, let's go to Twitter questions because we have a shit ton of them. So I will start oh um, with this one. Dave, I'll start this one. This is from Andy. He asked, what are the odds that in pregame warmups, Rob Ryan bites the head off of a live, a live Falcon, Ozzy Osbourne style? <laughs> 
Um, I have to put odds to this and, and take this question seriously. Uh, 200 to 1. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, I think there could be a little bit of a, a – there could be a little bit of a scuffle – pregame because the Falcons are on their toughness crusade. I could see like a little tunnel scuffle or something. Uh, Kevin, who do you, who do you trust more in week one? Drew Brees kicking field goals or P Rob covering Roddy white. (laughs) (laughs) Drew Brees kicking field goals. I feel like Drew Brees, if they told him today that he had to kick field goals, he'd work like three extra hours a day and he could make extra points on Sunday. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Uh, over under on Roddy White yards is 80, Andrew. Over or under for, for Roddy White. Um, You know, I don't think he'll have that great of a game because, well, I think Julio, you know, they'll try to get him involved. And I think Keenan Lewis will probably pay more attention to him. So I think Roddy could have a good game. But Hugh Douglas, I feel like, is the guy Maybe. that – or sorry, Harry Douglas is the guy that um, has um, kind of given us fits in recent years. So um, I'm going to say under for Roddy, for Big Roddy. This is from Dylan uh, King King Federico. Uh, how and Andrew, you can take this one. How much of a dumpster fire does Atlanta have to be in 2014 for Mike Smith and Dimitrov to be fired? Uh, I don't think uh, that, especially with the new stadium and, and everything. I mean, they're they're about to possibly. I, I could see them blowing it all up and starting anew. Um, I think a losing season. I, I don't really think it matters. You know, seven and nine. Ooh, uh, you think? I, think oh, we, I don't know. I, I really think anything short of eight and eight or better probably gets them fired. Ooh. Dimitrov, I would say, is less on the chopping block than Mike Smith. But I, I, I don't think Mike Smith survives a losing season. Kevin and Dave, do you agree with that? I think they'd have to be like four, four, and uh, yeah, I agree. Four and twelve, or or five and eleven, or something like that. But I do agree with Andrew that um, I don't know if they'd get rid of Dimitrov. I think probably Smith would go, but I don't know about Dimitrov. I think six. I say six and ten, but only if they look like shit the last month. Yeah, I mean, like I could see if if they were like, say they were like seven and five going into the last month, and they completely fucking collapsed, the fan base could get kind of restless. And the thing about Atlanta is they're a really fickle kind of fair weather, don't give a shit fan base. Like if if Atlanta's not if Atlanta's like mediocre, they won't go. You know, like the Saints. If they, I mean, we're diehards, but if, if the Saints trend in like seven eight nine win kind of the dome's still gonna be filled atlanta they get mediocre atlanta's people are like i don't give a shit they won't go so i i but i say i say to, to clean house they'd have to be they'd have to be another four and twelve so um let's see what other questions do we have dave did you get any oh i didn't even solicit i was <laughs> home i feel like baltimore craig had one for me I yeah this remember. is uh over under Dave. Over under Matt Ryan getting sacked five times on Sunday. Over under. Uh, under. I mean, that's that would be a pretty good game for the defense. Um, I don't know if they'll get to him five times. You know, maybe three or four. I, I, if I was really going to put a bet in Vegas, I, I, I'd take the under. And uh, Kevin, this is for you from Adam Foshe, who's one of the people in our 
fantasy league. What's the over under on personal fouls Atlanta commits in the game in the name of toughness? Hashtag toughness crusade. Three. That's a lot of personal fouls. Oh, I I mean, look, it. I've, I here's the thing. Uh, or I mean, we're counting we're counting late hits, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I so I think in the first quarter they'll get a late hit on Drew Brees. Uh, I think in the second quarter they'll uh, do something with one of the receivers, and then I think later in the game they'll probably do some kind of uh, they'll probably hit Drew Brees again late. I think their toughness crusade is going to bite them in the ass, and we'll get to that in predictions. Uh, Andrew, you were right. Craig in Baltimore, he has two questions. Uh, this one's especially for you. What is worse, Kevin's s- selfies, Rouse, Terrible. Rouse guitar playing, or Patrick, Rob- or Patrick Robinson's cover skills? Ooh. Patrick Robinson is taking a beating on the show. Yes, right? yes he is. Taking well, a beating out here. All right. Uh... Kevin's selfies got awful. I've never heard Ralph play guitar, and while he tells me it's awful, he's pretty self-deprecating. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I I, I could play I could play Margaritaville, and you'd okay. be like, "That's Margaritaville. I recognize that song." Okay. Well, we know that. Uh, we also know that Ralph has a gimpy hand, so that, that yeah, automatically it's, it's makes guitar playing ability in, in question. It does. I can play. I, I can only play like four chords. It's it's tough. okay. Um, and then we've got Patrick Robinson in coverage. Nope. Um, well, again, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw out there that Patrick Robinson was pretty awful before this year, and that was before he tore his ACL, um, and that was before the Ravens game where. Tyrod Taylor was throwing to a fifth string receiver and torching him at will. So uh, I, while I feel all three are equally bad, um, if I had to pick one, I'm probably going with Patrick Robinson. This is from Adam. I'm at the, I'm at the point with P Rob where he's got to prove me. He's got to prove something. He, yeah, he's, he's got to he, do something. And I'm not buying or sold on him at all until he he's starts got. To play he's well. the nominee for he's nominee for uh, the fan rage award for 2014. He's he's the leader, and we haven't even started it in September. He's the clear leader to win that award. This is from Adam Fauche. What the hell happened with your draft? That was fairly hilarious, Ralph. We explained it. I budget like the federal government, Adam. <laughs> the federal government of a third world African nation run by a dictator. You spend you spend most of the budget on your on your palace, and, and you spend it all on your palace. Then you kick in a few extra bucks. For a harem and a private jet, and that's it. <laughs> like, yeah, the peasants. Yeah, the peasants can do. Yeah, the peasants can do without uh, without Water. electricity. Sanitation. Yeah, sanitation, Man, electricity, Man. medicine. Kim Jong Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait till I get to work and have access to Photoshop. Oh yeah, same haircut and all. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is for Andrew. This is a serious football question, obviously. Uh, who is our best coverage safety now that our corners are severely lacking? Uh, best coverage safety. Well, I'd say that um, if you look at, I mean, obviously Jarris Bird is the obvious answer. I think by by a pretty significant margin. I mean, Kenny Vaccaro is a guy that's gotten better and he's pretty good and he's a guy that can line up in the slot and do different things for you. Um, and, uh, I think he's pretty good, but I just think Jairus Bird is, is on a different, is in a different league. And I mean, Raphael Bush in his own, 
in his own right, you know, if you look at the PFF stats, I mean, he's, he was one of the best coverage safeties in the league last year. So uh, I really think the Saints have three guys that are fairly elite in coverage. But, uh, I mean, Jairus Bird is arguably the best in the league. Yeah, Bird uh, can cover a lot of ground really Dave, quickly, what so. Dave, what would be more entertaining, going for two every time or Jonathan Goodwin kicking extra points? <laughs> <laughs> or watching Ralph play Margaritaville on the guitar. No, that is not entertaining at all unless you're uh, shit-faced. Uh, what, what were the choices again? You can Go for two every time. What would be more entertaining, going for two every time or watching Jonathan Goodwin kick extra points? Oh, I mean, watching Jonathan Goodwin kick extra points would definitely be more entertaining. But if I had my druthers, I would prefer the Saints to go for two every time. Uh, but watching Goodwin kick extra points. I don't know why we're coming up with these fantasy scenarios. If the Saints really don't sign a kicker and they're really going to choose a random person on the team to actually kick field goals, it's obviously going to be Morstead. So. And I think he could probably make a few. Uh, final question. Uh, Andrew, why is Pierre Thomas still third on the depth chart, and what do you see for him for fantasy? fantasy. Uh, I, I think any Saints running back is a bad fantasy pickup i just you're you're never going to get it's always been back by committee you're never going to get a thousand yard back you're never going to get a guy that scores more than six touchdowns a year um so i I would steer clear of saints running backs pretty much categorically if you're in a points per reception league um pierre thomas might have some value i mean he's a guy that could catch 60 to 70 balls this year well, um, here's, beyond that, it's just – to me, some, it's not worth it. Here's something that Matthew Barry, the ESPN fantasy guy, he made bold predictions today. And one of his bold, predi- his bold prediction for the Saints was Pierre Thomas is going to break the record for receptions by a running back. And no, his, theory wa- his theory was with Lance Moore and Darren Sproles both gone, there's a ton of receptions that need to be made. Pierre Thomas caught 77 last year. He'll get more this year. It's – it's it's an interesting theory. I would say if you're in a point if you're in a PPR league, Pierre Thomas is definitely a guy you can get for flex. Um, and I have him in one other league as just sort of if one of those running backs for the Saints gets injured and Pierre Thomas is in a two-headed monster instead of a three-headed monster, I like him a lot. So well, going going back to what Matthew what you just quoted Matthew Berry as, I mean I I think. Uh... You know, I think Brandon Cooks is going to take some of those some of those catches, and uh, and I also think they may plan on utilizing Tavares Cadet a little bit more than uh, they have been. I also so. think they're just going to throw the ball more to Mark Ingram and Kyrie Robinson. I I just I don't think they're going to be as one dimensional. And your yeah. role is this, your role is this. Yeah. I think they're going to try to use have more you know variety in 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 each back's assignment. Okay. It is time now to make season predict. It is time to make season predictions, and then we'll get to week one. Uh, Kevin, I don't have a drum roll, but give me your season prediction for the Saints. Not Super Bowl or whatever. That just your no, 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 record. just the record. Yeah, just a record. Actually, here's the great thing. I am actually going to do a post on this. <laughs> I need the breaking news theme. Yep. Bum 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 bum. Um. 12 and 4. 12. Andrew. I'm with Kevin. That's been my prediction all along. 12 and 4. Dave. I'm with them. I was at 11 and 5 earlier this season, but after the preseason, I like what I see, so I've, I've upped it to 12 and 4. So. I was leaning 11 and 5, but now 
because you bitches went all went twelve and four. I'm going thirteen and three. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, uh, MVP of the Saints, non-Drew Brees category. Huh. Mark Ingram. Ooh. And I'm going. I'm going bold, motherfucker. Andrew. Cameron Jordan. Dave. Brandon Cooks. Jarvis Bird. He's gonna be so fucking good. He's gonna, gonna be so good that you might you might spell you might pronounce his name correctly I, by the end. I of might year. pronounce his name correctly by November. And people are gonna say they don't pay him enough. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think anybody's gonna be saying that. Uh, or they'll say he's better than Earl Thomas. How about that, Dave? That's pretty good. I'll take it. All right. Uh, well, Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, a prediction for the Atlanta game and an MVP, or who are we going to be talking about on Monday? Um, I'm going to stick with Brandon Cooks. We're going to be talking about Brandon Cooks. He's going to come come out hot right out of the box, and everybody's going to say, "Oh my God, how did how did he fall that far to the same? How did they let Sean Payton get Brandon Cooks?" Somebody ahead of the Saints in the draft should have taken him just to keep him out of Sean Payton's hands. <laughs> uh, so that's what they're going to be talking about. And uh, what are we, are we doing? A score? Uh, you Dude, know, give I'll me a score. With, uh, yeah, I, I mean the Saints are going to win. They're six and one against Atlanta in the last seven meetings. Mm-hmm. We pretty much make Atlanta our bitch. <laughs> and uh, Big Brother's coming to town. And I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say 35 to 24 Saints. Ooh. Andrew? 31-17 Saints. And um, I'll throw this out there. Um, when I went to see the Saints do the black and gold scrimmage at the Greenbrier, um, you know, Jimmy Graham had just returned, and uh, we were down on him a little bit with the contract situation, and we kind of <laughs> wonder what kind of shape he would show up in. And um, you know, he, he was – embarrassing some of the best players in the game. Kenny Vaccaro um, was totally embarrassed by him in that game. And it just reminded me how unbelievably good Jimmy Graham is. And uh, Atlanta's never been able to stop him. So I, I think we for, we don't mention him enough, and, and we don't talk about Jimmy Graham that much because he's kind of the obvious choice in the mainstay. And I think we, we've failed to mention him yet, I think, tonight on this podcast, but I think he's the guy that takes over that game and, and makes it an easy win for the Saints. I'm going to say 31-28 to 28 Saints. I'm going to say the defense is going to give up Ugh, a, a too give, close, They're going to give too up a couple close. of big plays, and the Saints don't have a fucking kicker, so you know it's coming down to a kicker that we don't know his name yet. <laughs> it's coming down to him. But don't worry, people. It'll be bad for your sanity and Mike Smith and your liver, but it'll be good for the Saints as they'll win 31-28. And a kicker, probably Connor Barth, will make like a 25-yard field goal and they'll win. Well, the question is, is when are they going to sign him? Are they going to do it Sunday morning? first thing? Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I mean, I would suspect, Andrew, how, that, how does that work? Seriously, how – when how does the waiver and all that with the IR stuff how does that need to be how does that need to be worked out well actually and and this is the reason why i don't think we've um seen a kicker yet um that the the deadline to or, or the earliest that a team can designate an IR guy is is 3 o'clock tomorrow um i believe that's eastern time 
Um, but um, anyway, I think once that's done, it will open up a roster spot. I mean, I think Eric Lorig is kind of the obvious guy. So we've been talking about kicker, and I think that's when – well, I'm sure they worked out some guys today, um, and uh, we didn't hear about it because the Saints have the facility on lockdown, and the local reporters only hear what the Saints want them to hear. But uh, I'm sure that they have some guy – They've worked out some guys today, I'm sure. They have somebody ready to go. And um, I think once we hear who Eric Lorig is, you know, on IR for placed for return, um, we'll find out who that kicker is before, around 3 o'clock tomorrow. So on that note, you can go to Canal Street Chronicles. Kevin's going to have an article up preview wait. the season. Yeah, but wait, you didn't ha- you didn't get my prediction. Uh, you got you did Mark Ingram, right? For the – oh, that was all right. You're right. Yeah, it's for the season, motherfucker. Oh, for the season. I'm sorry. I'm – I'm 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 forgetting you. I was thinking. I think, I think he just oh. remembered that you don't watch the games, Kevin. No. <laughs> Piss off, <laughs> Kevin. Okay. Get... I am all over these fucking games. Let me tell you something. As long as there is, I will find Here a bar. Go. I will find a fucking bar. I don't care if it's 50 miles from St. Louis. I will find a bar that has direct TV, and I will go there and I will watch the game, have a couple of pints, have a burger, and enjoy myself. Okay, this preseason bullshit, it's for the birds. Okay, (laughs) for the birds. And it's behind us now. It's behind us. It is full steam ahead on the regular season where Kevin Sean Held remains an all time fucking champ. All right. Mm. All time champ on watching regular season games. Okay. pity the fool. So give me a score. And who are we going to be talking about on Monday? Uh, I'm saying, oh God, I am saying 26 to 17 Saints. Mm. I think Saints go for the extra, go for the two point conversion on two occasions <laughs> and miss apparently, and get them both times, and then kick and then decide, fuck it, we're gonna kick two field goals, and because they'll be very short, and they'll have Thomas uh, Morstead there, so fuck it. <laughs> so. Scooter. So we're going to be talking about Thomas Morstead making field goals on Monday. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Oh, but but I mean the player of the game. I'm I'm thinking Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, because Jimmy Graham is going to have Jimmy Graham's going to score a touchdown, and he's going to have a new celebration lined up, and it's going to piss a lot of people off. Something fierce. That would be fantastic. All the legits who are going to be who were pissed about him. How dare he dunk the goalpost? That's just reprehensible. Yeah, fuck you. He's going to have a new thing lined up. One last question, and then we can get as out of here. As long as it doesn't get him penalized. One last question, and then we'll get out of here. And since I, Kevin, I omitted you from the predictions, I'll start with you. How much money would you donate to charity to watch the Saints so thoroughly kick Atlanta's ass that Jimmy Graham does a dunk? after a touchdown in the fourth quarter just to rub it in. I mean, Sean, I mean, Peyton wouldn't allow that, but if we're talking, I, I don't know. Uh, we're talking like he scores and it makes it 51 to 17 <laughs> with like seven minutes to go. So it don't mean, it don't matter nothing. He's just doing it because he feels like doing it. How much to see that, how much money would you donate to charity? And he's not going to get uh, – He'll get flagged, but, you know, and they'll write 900 columns about how the Saints aren't classy. But how much would you pay to see it? How much would you donate to charity to see it? (laughs) It dropped. Um, Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, He's not getting suspended the following week, right? No, he's not. No. 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Dave? 
Uh, well, I mean, Jimmy Graham's going to be donating probably about 15 grand to charity. Uh, so I'll give a hundred bucks. Andrew, I'll give one hundred and one dollars. I'll give a hundred and one dollars and twenty-five cents. <laughs> and on uh, that note, about yeah. By the way, um, oh, for those of you that live in New Orleans, I will be on the five hundred four with Sheba Turk on WWL at nine yeah. p.m. talking about what to wear for. The opening of Yeoman Stadium on Tulane's campus. Yeah, Dave, so big time. Be sure, to, be sure to check that out. Exactly. Listen so to that. So, what? Can, can you give us a little taste of what you will recommend we wear? Green. Um. Well, we've got some custom designs that we do at Campus Connection that you can only find at Campus Connection. Fuck. And we've also yeah. got some nice Nike gear. I think <laughs> that's good for 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 men our age. <laughs> that means golf shirts, right? Yeah, yeah, golf shirts. Well, I got some cute women's V-necks, too, that are Nike, that are real good-looking. And then also, speaking of The Price is Right, my wife is going to be in the audience. You can see her on TV November 17th on The Price is Right. Nice! All right. She didn't get up on stage. But she'll be, she's behind contestants row. Oh, nice. I was going to say, like, oh, she won a car or something. No. Yeah, I wish. So, Is Bob Barker still doing that? No. No, no Drew, it's Drew Carey. 100-pound uh, uh, Drew, Drew Carey. He's lost, like, a ton of weight. Uh, so go to Canal Street Chronicles to check out Kevin's... Is Bob Barker, Barker still alive? Yeah, he's still yeah, alive. He, he's still okay. alive. He's dri- he drives a van around the country spaying and neutering pets. Oh, nice. Kevin, when should I expect this uh, article? <laughs> so... <laughs> Go there. Dave's got a bunch of preview stuff. He's got the thread for the game day as all. Well, I thought you took all my stuff out. I think I did. I don't think you even have author permissions, but I can give it back to you if you're really going to write something. <laughs> go to go to Saints Nation. Andrew has been breaking down the roster. He's got people making predictions, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so go there as well. So for these three knuckleheads, uh, I'm Ralph Malbro. It is finally football season. Say goodbye to your families until February. Uh, be safe, and we'll see you next week. Quit the hacking celebrity picks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you 
where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.